0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Guys, listen, it's so hard to do this intro. Like, I feel like typically, like, the things that we're talking about, like, we're in a circus, right? We're talking about the goofy She-Hulk or the crazy and wacky Bad Batch. Like, now I feel like I'm in, like, the, a museum looking at the Mona Lisa. Like, I don't know that I can have, like, the same uh, gregarious intros I typically have. But we are talking about The Last of Us. It is episode three and four, titled A Long, Long Time. And please hold my hand. And I'm joined... By one of my favorite little strawberries, it's Tommy
1: Pazulo. Tommy, how are you? I, I'm good, uh, Michael. I, I did have one question that I just want to like at the top uh, ask because it's really been bothering me throughout the show. Um, it's it's uh, where where do the baby mushrooms grow before they're born, though? <laughs> uh, you, you got me in the mush womb. Oh
0: my gosh, Tommy! You know what's hilarious about this intro? What? Well, I just, I'll have a question. What do you call a beehive with no exit? What? Unbelievable!
1: We both got the joke books.
0: We both got the joke books here today, and oh. we're here with a guest who actually—I'll I'll let you know now—the guest is not getting off without a joke. We got Jen Hurst here. Jen hey. Hurst. Before we even introduce you, I gotta—I gotta ask. Yeah. Uh, how do you fix a broken pumpkin?
2: I have no idea. With a pumpkin patch.
0: <laughs> okay. Did I'm you sorry. get
2: these from the same joke book that Ellie was using?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I did Google cheesy jokes. Oh. Yeah, I got oh. mine from a website called Scary Mommy, so.
2: <laughs> I should have pulled out my Dark Tower book where they actually had a scene where they were going through these kind of cheesy jokes.
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs>
0: uh, Jen, how are you doing, first of all?
2: pretty good i'm happy to be back i was really excited as soon as they announced the last of us because i really enjoyed the game that i played i played part two not part one and they're actually filming it in my hometown
0: there you go what what town is that if, if you calgary. want to dodge yourself calgary okay uh, yeah uh, well that's awesome um so you're coming in here with like kind of a different perspective on some of the stuff like uh, i can you like describe what you know about the first game like are you like I can't even remember like if there's too much reference to what happens in the first game and the second game. Um yeah, do you feel like, you know, where this is going?
2: Kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like kind
2: of well, have they, an idea,
0: yeah. Yeah. We're going to we're going to be pretty slim on the video game spoilers, especially for you here today, Jen, just in case yeah. you go back and play that first game, but for our audience as well. But uh, Jen, what have you thought about the last of us like as a whole, not even just these two episodes. Are you enjoying the show?
2: Yes, I'm really enjoying it. I think cinematography is great. The set design's really good. Plotting's good, and I really like how deep they're making the characters and the actors of Ellie and Joel play off each other really, really well, I think. They bring a lot of life to the characters, and they're really the highlight of each episode for me. It's just when they're together, just firing back at each other.
0: Yeah, and we get a lot of that good stuff in episode four, and it's one of the reasons I love episode four so much. But, Tommy, I think the big, uh, the, the worst part about episode four is the fact that it came after episode three, which I think people have almost universally called, like, one of the greatest episodes of television of all time.
1: Yeah, unless you're one of those silly, stupid, I don't want to say silly, I'm going to use intense words here. Unless you're a stupid uh, bomber, review bomber, who's trying to review bomb episode three. you are Don't do that. <laughs> because that episode is incredible, Michael. It's incredible. Like,
0: there are things that I hate with a passion that I won't give a bad review to. You know, like, I don't go out of my way, like, I don't, that's the, that's what I don't relate to, is like, uh. Uh, that level of hate, like you know, I've bought things on Amazon that break within seconds of opening the box, and like I don't even post a picture of it.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just—it's we all know why it's getting review bombed. It's not even because they even hate; it's because they need to wake up. That's yeah. that's all I gotta say. But and in general, I want to go back to the good stuff. Episode three was probably the best episode of TV I've watched. Like, I really feel that in my my deepest of hearts and i love you know something we talked about michael is oh maybe it's too close to, to the video game maybe it just feels like repeat not episode three <laughs> there's probably this much <laughs> that is from the uh, from the video game and i love that and they did it incredibly yeah yeah
0: no um we will start off with episode three here it is a long long time um Jen, I want to get your overall takes. Like, uh what was yeah. your what was your thoughts on like I know me and Tommy I are raving already? Are you are you with us here? Are you are you a review bomber?
2: I think it was <laughs> a good episode. I liked the love story and I liked the subtle flirting, how they fell in love with each other. But I and I know that they died in the um video game, but I was still kind of like, doesn't it kind of fit into the barrier gaze trope? So that was kind of my question. I was trying to Google and see some takes on it. It seemed like it was pretty divided. Like some people felt like it was, some people felt like it wasn't.
0: Can you lay that out for me? What is this trope?
2: The barrier gay trope is kind of like when you have queer characters, they typically tend to die. Like they tend to be subtle. Like if you watch Pretty Little Liars, Maya gets killed for seemingly no reason. In The 100, you got Lexa getting killed also for like no reason. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of like almost to the benefit of the straight characters, which I felt like a little bit for this, but at the same time, they lived a long, full life. So they were both old by the end, so it, didn't, it doesn't quite fit.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it, it this, because it's like we get that, there's always the, for, you know, I felt that a little bit with Tess and like, you know, the, the, another phrase is like, you know, put them in the fridge, which comes from the comic books. Comes from oh, yeah, flash.
2: yeah, refrigerators,
1: yeah. Yeah, comes from the, a flash comic book where you, you <laughs> get rid of your women and so that the male characters can shine and, and grow from that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I definitely like to hear that. And I think that, I think for me, what makes it work here is it's, it's their story. It's not focused on, because we weren't really focused on Joel and Ellie it, while we were telling their story, to me, it was fully embracing them Frank and Bill okay. and their yeah. their story for me and and uh i think but I, at the same time i do feel what you're saying of like yeah can we see the, the, yeah uh, you know and i think we're i i think we'll get more of that hopefully you know i think the show wants to embrace that kind of stuff listening to the the official podcast yeah. um, gives a little bit more more insight into that but uh i think there what it does to on that is, is those characters in the in the video game at least like you said uh, Frank mm-hmm. is dead in the deep. Yeah, uh, That's too much. But uh, Bill, Bill is still alive. And that's like a big difference. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we talk about with Bill in the game is Bill shows mm-hmm. Joel what he could become if he shuts himself off to the world. And I yeah. think what this does is it does a similar thing and it shows Bill instead of showing Joel what he could become if he doesn't, it shows Joel what he could become if he does embrace love and embrace protecting that one person. And so mm-hmm. I think you get the same goal. And that was the focus, I think, less than killing both of them just to kill yeah. both of them to bury your gay. But I think it's a really good point to, mm-hmm. to bring up. Yeah, too.
2: that's what I wanted to bring it up. I do agree with you because I did feel like they kind of um, contrast. Like, Bill, yeah, it was Joel and Frank. Why am I blanking on his name? Will is the optimist. And that's kind of like Tina in the last episode. So it's kind of showing their story too.
0: Yeah. So I I think I I totally get that um, complaint. And I I think that's the thing that I I think, you know, they kind of accomplished uh, avoiding some of that stuff because the adaptation from the video game, and again, we're not going to spoil the video game, but we will talk about the differences in the video game. And basically, what they did, it, I, I would, I would accept that complaint a lot more for the video game, where like again, like Tommy said, we didn't even get to meet Frank really, and the and the fact that they were even partners was in like a passing line, right? Um, but in but in the show, what they did is they were able to expand those characters and give them so much more depth, and we actually get to see the relationship blossom. Awesome. And again, yeah, it's just one episode, and it would be. Great to get more stories like this. Um, and I think, again, like that's the kind of thing where, like, you know, future show- shows will look at this and be like, how can we do that better? But also, with that being said, I think The Last of Us has, you know, some other queer stories in their pockets that they're going to get to. Um, not to spoil anything too much, but I'm excited to see where that goes. And it sets a good precedent, I think, as well, um, where, like, you know, it kind of draws a line in the sand in a way um, between, you know, the typical review bombers and, being like this is what the show is and they didn't shy away from even like the very romantic scenes right like I think that's a thing that you see in a lot of these stories where like you know uh, you know, you get heavy male and female sex scenes in shows but like I don't know this was pretty this is like the one of the most intimate things I've seen between uh, same sex couple on a show so
2: it was very I think well portrayed like it was very sensual and almost like I don't want to say soft but it kind of fit that vibe I thought in their tender scenes
1: yeah, they didn't try to overt. I feel like sometimes with, with gay couples, they try to like, stereo- they stereotype, right? Like it's a lot of overt. I, what this works is because it did, it felt very natural, it felt very organic. The chemistry was there. It just played. And and I think that's like multiple times in this episode I was sobbing. And and just the beauty and the way that both actors really portray this relationship, portray. um, And I think that's the thing for me is like, it plays, if you, you don't watch an, any episode of Last of Us, you can watch this episode and I feel like feel the emotion uh, and feel the impact that it's supposed to get because it doesn't, it doesn't have anything building up to it. We meet these characters and, you know, in this episode, see it all play out and still everyone I talked to has felt some sort of emotion.
0: Yeah. No, well said. Um, this wasn't very emotional. I, like it's it, like totally gasped me, you know, because uh, honestly, like I completely forgot about that very passing line in the game. Like this was not on my radar. Um, so like seeing this develop in front of my eyes and not remembering all of that was like uh, it really blew me away. Um, and one th- <laughs> one thing that um I don't know, Tommy, did you like, did you see this coming? Like as the episode was developed and you were watching it, like when, when they, we get, you know, get their meet cute, right. He's in, he's in the hole. And um, I don't know, like the way, like there was a moment there. I was like, oh yeah, they, there could be a connection here. But I was like, I don't know that they'll go that deep into it. And then they did and surprised me in that way. So I don't know. Did you see it all coming like this?
1: Yeah. For me, I, I did know a little bit. So like, I knew that three was a big episode. From everyone I heard, uh, through through the ethers that I, I know things, uh, <laughs> that three is the episode that changes the show, that going to put you into, it, it's the episode. So I knew that. I knew Frank and Bill were in a relationship for the game. like he, It was passing, but I do want to say, for those that are trying to say the show is retconning, it's not a retcon. It was in there from the beginning. The literal creator has said that was always his intention, so I don't know why people are trying to fight him on it. Uh, I won't be that point anymore. But uh yeah, I think for me, I didn't see the extent and they faked me out a couple of times. There this they I think Jen, you said it earlier, like they just did it so cleanly and everything was yeah. so thought out. Like then they faked me out with Bill getting shot and I was like, okay, well I know that Bill survives, so then this doesn't happen. And then it ends up happening anyway. It was just a whole roller coaster of emotion uh and and uh it got me. It definitely, even though I like knew it was like, it was probably going to be a PAX line. I had inklings, but even like Frank being in the hole, I thought he was sketch city. I can we, like, I thought he was going to scam. I thought they were re- recounting the whole thing, and he was scamming Bill. That's what yeah. I thought.
0: This gave me big Ben Linus vibes from Lost. Uh, I don't know if anyone gets that reference. Uh, yeah, I was I was a little worried at first. Again, like I thought it could go a lot of different ways. Tommy, I want to touch on this real quick because this is something we constantly talk about in terms of marketing. Um, and oftentimes, you know, I'm a big proponent of the trailers, but I can be very let down by trailers too, and marketing and how they show things. So I see the complaints about trailers. I will say that this show has been almost a perfect example for how to market something because... Um, the, the amount that they showed Bill was, you know, from a game player's perspective, you would think, oh, OK, well, this is just basically the same exact thing from the video game. And I think that's the thing that really subverted my expectations where, you know, it looked, we just see that younger Bill that we saw from the game. We didn't even see Frank. And the fact that they kind of turned it all on us, like I didn't even think Frank was going to be a big part of the episode when I first saw him because I was like, well, this isn't Frank's story or Bill's story right so um yeah you know just you know it's it's rare that i'm able to defend trailers well and i just want to say this is the example of how to do it
1: i didn't watch the trailers
2: (laughs) (laughs) i literally watched the trailers i could be like oh i've been there i've been there
1: (laughs) no jen join me over on the good side
0: (laughs) yeah um i do want to i guess we can talk about let's see here um I really like how, I think another big way they subverted expectations in how they built up Bill as a queer character, right? Um, You know, because I think like stereotypically when you first see him, especially with like the room full of guns and the don't tread on me flag, right? Like that's the, you know, that's the type of person you would see, you know, review bombing a show like this. Um, And I don't know, they were able to show a lot softer side of it. So I don't know if that's necessarily a, a good message or not, but um again i think it just tells different types of uh queer stories which i appreciate so i, I want to talk about some of like uh we do get yeah go ahead tommy
1: sorry i just want to yeah, piggyback ahead. off this something that was like i've been discussing is like what i love about the show is the show not tell of this right and when did you pick up that frank figure Instead, so, like when did you pick up that frank figured out because i've heard a couple theories like I'll, I'll say mine after i hear your guys of like when do you think that he was like oh maybe there could be this connection with bill i think it was very early
2: yeah for me it was the dinner scene when he got her. he's like i know you don't think i'm this kind of wine guy and he's like mm-hmm. no that's exactly who i thought you were <laughs> like that yeah. to me it was just so cute i like i really like that <laughs>
1: that's mine. I think it was the line. I think it was when it was like, oh, you want to think I'd be the person pairing these things. And he's like, oh, I, I think you'd be exactly that person. I, and, it's so cute. Uh,
0: which which tells me that, that Frank had an inkling even before that. So it's, it's from my understanding that it was almost the first interaction that they had in which he could, again, tell that Bill's not the type of person to let somebody in, but the fact that he was willing to do it for him specifically. And even like you know, their exchange and the way Bill was even able to break down a little bit there, you kind of see him be very hard with him at first and that kind of softens. And I, th- I think he, I think he saw that in that moment.
1: Yeah. And the, I mean, that's something I want to talk about too off this is like, yeah. And I think that a yes, I think it's cool that it can be interpreted all these different ways. And I think like it shows, I also love the, sh- the small details that you're picking up on, like Nick Offerman, with his small smiles, his small like tucking the hair, there were so many small cues from both of them that were just so brilliant. It was just so brilliant. Yep.
0: Um, I want I want to dive in deeper into the end of the episode here, and can I talk about uh, Frank's last day? Right. So we get to the point where Frank is very sick, and um, he basically tells Bill that this is it. He uh, this is how he wants to go out like this. It's been really great. Um, but this is his last day, um, and I thought it was very beautiful. You know, you see what they take a stroll around the area, and it's very sweet. Um, and, and I don't know if you guys have comments on that, but I also want to dive into Bill's ultimate decision as well to join Frank. So,
1: yeah, I mean, just off the whole thing, gosh, it was it was brilliant to have Frank be the one that gets sick because the whole time you're showing Frank running, like you're showing him be the fit one, you're showing him be and and just like that's how like especially like and they never mentioned what kind of sickness i took it as like maybe ms or something like that it, it just it happens no matter how you lived your life before and it's 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 tragic this hit me bro. the minute i saw him in the chair i was like oh my heart because that's such a tra- that's a tragic thing that i think about you know um and i thought like this whole thing the whole like the lines in this episode the ones here where he goes like love me the way i want to be loved like that kind of stuff and then earlier the, the strawberry scene with the, the like you know i haven't felt fear before i met or this i haven't wasn't scared before i met you like brilliant lines but yeah i think this whole setup with, with frank and bill and the way they they played this was was very touching
0: Yeah, Jen, I do not know if you have any uh, thoughts on, you know, the final day here. And also, you know, I guess, again, I want to dive into, like, uh, what did you think about Bill? Uh, he also uh, decided to uh, join Frank in having a last day.
2: Well, I think Frank's decision made sense, because when you reach a certain point, a lot of degenerate illnesses, it's either, like, you let yourself go to a point like that you're not really there you do it at the point he did where you're still cognitive enough to make that decision and for bill i think it it did make sense because they didn't have any kids they didn't have a lot of other friends he was older so he didn't really have anything else to go on for like they've been together for what like 15 20 years or something that was like i i got his decision it might not have been the one everyone else will make but for him i thought it made sense.
0: Yeah, and I think I really do like the juxtaposition of where he was before Frank and after Frank, because, you know, maybe he meets Frank for a day, Frank goes on, and he has no problem going on. But Frank was able to change that part of him. You know, Bill was such a recluse. Like, we saw that even before in his little bunker, right? Like, he's always been kind of like a a, a lone wolf. And I think Frank kind of changed that in him, and I think that's the most beautiful part
1: yeah i th- I think you like i think you know and we get that later we can talk about the letter after this but i we get that basically confirmation of like i hated everyone <laughs> and and frank taught him to to love and to care and to care you know even if you care about just one person you're still caring about someone and and uh i think bill's choice here as much as i was like i i didn't see it coming this is probably the most i i thought it for a second because like in my head, I'm like, well, like I could see Bill doing this, but like again, I think the video game was talking too much for me. But, uh, man, that was where he's like, he's like, was it pills in the bottle enough to kill a horse? Like, uh, and and then like the whole speech afterwards, like this isn't your like they're almost talking to the audience here. I felt like where they're like, this isn't like your tragedy and those plays. I've lived a good life. I've done it. I've, I, have this is not a, a sad, this is me embracing the next journey with you together.
0: Yeah. Uh, well said. Um, and you mentioned the letter. I do want to talk about the letter. We haven't talked much about Joel and Ellie in this episode. There is a little bit, um, you know, we get some stuff uh, in the beginning uh, where they're talking about, you know, uh, you know, don't blame me. Uh, that, that all that stuff is really good, but yeah. Um, yeah, any highlights from Joel and Ellie in this episode, especially here at the end, and anything else?
2: Um, well, two things. One is she found the gun, which as soon as she did that, I was like, okay, hey, something big's happening next episode. And then her acting like the car was the spaceship and, like, having no idea how anything worked in the seatbelt, I think was just great. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I and mean, you mentioned the car spaceship. Keep that spaceship thought. Uh I also like, yeah, I think the whole beginning was good. They gave a nice exposition explaining, like I liked getting from Joel the confirmation on the flower, like getting that exposition out in the beginning. I think it was brutal, the the, the bones, the, I mean, the big Nazi. The, There's also very much humor. We haven't, we've talked about the tragedy, but like the humor, some of my favorites, uh, <laughs> this isn't an Arby's, uh, this isn't, or get your free lunch. And uh, Arby's didn't give out free lunches. It was great. The the line about like uh, the government's Nazis. Well they well they are now but they weren't back then was also a brilliant line. Um and, and yeah the, the bones like that's basically what they were like how the similarities of that of like yeah if you're not dead you can't be infected and how brutal that is I'm like I see the justification of that. It's still terrible. It doesn't make me feel good. Uh, so all that in the beginning I thought was great and then the letter the gun was great. The letter was so red. And I love that they added in. <laughs> it was so good.
2: Her reading really, it was was perfect.
1: Yeah, her reading it. I, I'm gonna say I'm whomever was great. And I think for me, what it what I love about the letter is what it does to Joel, and kind of what I was talking at the beginning of like Joel seeing this as. If we look at Joel so far. He's not a good protector. He sucks at it. He's lost, he's lost Sarah. He lost Tess. He lost Tommy for, you know, like, he basically lost Tommy. And also, like, look at – I thought about this, too, in a different way. I'm going on a long way, so I apologize. But it, Bill dies for Frank. You know who didn't die for his partner? Joel. Tess goes, and he's like, cool, I'm out of here. It shows that Tess wasn't that one protecting that Bill was talking about. There's one protection. And so Joel's looking for that now. Now, even if he doesn't realize he's looking for it, I think that's the thing that, like, especially listening to the creators, they talk about a lot is, like, sometimes in TV shows and movies, we make characters too smart. And in real life, we're not that smart. We're dummies. A lot of times we don't – our bodies figure out things, our minds figure out things before we actually physically, like, think about it and actually realize these things. And – I think that's what we're seeing with Joel and this letter is just like that spark. That's like, he needs to be a protector. That's what he believes his role is. Bill's calling him out on it. You are the protector. We're the same people, but you haven't been doing your job.
0: Yeah, no, well said. Um, and I think that's going to inform a lot of Joel's uh, story here with Ellie as well, where um, he's going to feel a lot of responsibility. And I think he's sick of losing. Um, so uh, that uh, yeah says a lot. So, Um, Are you guys ready to dive into episode four? Um, And I think, actually, I think the big thing I want to talk about here, and it kind of connects into this episode, you know, with, um, you know, between the gun, um, you know, the pit of bodies, Um, we even get a scene here in the opening of the episode where... Uh, Ellie is very much fascinated with a clicker and kind of messing with it and cutting it open. Um, we're getting a very psychotic uh, angle of Ellie here. Um, Jen, are you worried about Ellie? Like she, like, I feel like we're getting this pushed on us even more than we did in the game. Um, so yeah, w- w- what do you think about Like, she's very like, she's down to kill. Uh, she's down to cut open clickers. What's going on here?
2: I think she's the product of her environment. I think when you grow up in that kind of world, you're a lot harsher. You don't really think of the clickers as people. And I just, I feel like that's kind of why she's so survivalist too.
0: Yeah. So, um, we do open here and this is where we see the gun again. She is like pointing it at the mirror. Um, again, there's going to be like big taxi driver vibes, right? Like again, like, uh, kind of kind of wondering about her but yeah she's in the like bathroom in this gas station but this is also where we get the joke book uh, uh, uh a lot of good jokes here i thought this was really fun throughout the episode and how they kind of like detailed Joel's evolution of his tolerance for Ellie where like he seems to enjoy the jokes every time and he, he uh, ellie does win a chuckle by the end so i thought that was cute
2: I liked when she found um, the gay man's magazines, and she's like, "What? What is this?" She's like, "Why is it sticky?" So that was pretty good. He's like, "That's not for children."
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I, that was that was a moment I would like that was like, a very funny moment in the game, and I was really hoping we'd see it here. Yeah, so,
1: very proud. Yeah, I love everything in this like beginning, and and I think what we're seeing is like what I think they're doing almost a better job than I think they did in the game is showing like the two sides of Ellie and like, I can't take credit. They said this on the podcast, but it's very telling that like she carries a, the thing she carries in her pack is a gun and a joke book. It's like the two sides of Ellie. There's this like super goofy side, but there is a side that kind of feels cool with the gun. Like she's, there's definitely the side that is fascinated by death, by, by that idea of being this like, of protecting something you care about is something she's intrigued by and having someone that's protecting, that that cares about her, I think is a big thing. And so like, I thought this whole beginning with the, with the jokes, just like, uh, with the, with the, these pages are a little sticky. Ah, just kidding. I'm fucking with you. Like, it's just, it's Ellie. She, she's doing such a great job with this character of adding her own style to it while also taking what we love from the video games.
0: Tommy, I know we talked about the Bella Ramsey haters before, but like, I think an underrated uh, talking point here is freaking close your eyes and listen to Bella Ramsey speak this. She th- like, it is like uncanny how much she sounds like Ellie from the video game. Like it is like, it gave me goosebumps. Cause I, I like, I was like kind of multitasking when I rewatched one of the episodes and like, I wasn't looking at the screen and I heard Bella Ramsey speak and like, it's just Ellie from the game. Like, Everything from the heart to the performance, uh, oh, man, I I love it. I love the portrayal, so she's the best. Um, What else here? So we also, this is where we run into uh, another very similar moment in the game where um, they kind of get sabotaged here. Um, We see a man who appears to be injured, and uh, he's trying to uh, flag them down, and Joel's like, nope, that's not happening. And then they get sabotaged here. So there's a lot of interesting stuff here, and I want to get you guys' take on it. Everything from, um, well, I guess more imp- most importantly, like we get this uh, insane choice here with this young boy that's dying, and how they handle them.
1: Well, I want to go like yes. Uh, first off, that's not Pittsburgh. But I'm not that yeah. upset about it. Just mm-hmm. wanted to mention that it's very, you know, we're not going to. But yeah, this is supposed to be. To be fair, great.
0: it's not Kansas City either, is it? Yeah. We all no, know it's where it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's and I think Kansas City works here. Yeah, I mean, did you trust this guy? I was like, no, run him over. And a good callback to episode one where Joel's like, I'm not stopping. I didn't stop 20 years ago. I'm not stopping now.
0: Yeah, no, I ended up rewatching the the clip from and this is another one that's like it's it's one of these action scenes where like I don't know how like it's so impressive how like this is like shot for shot a moment from the game. Um but yeah, so we do end up they they kind of fight them off, you know, Joel gets Ellie to hide and they another guy comes in and tries to sabotage them and Joel puts them down and um actually no before that uh Joel is being pinned down and Ellie sneaks out with the gun and takes the man down. So, um, at least she's putting it to
1: use. I loved everything here. I loved um, this was probably the peak of the episode for me for a couple of reasons. I think a this character Brian was just the quick twit, the quick change from him aggressively being like Joel, you killed, like you killed my friend, like rah, to the minute he gets shot, he becomes a child. He becomes a baby who's, like, pleading for his life, crying. Literally, like, what, the, what do I do? Like, he is panicked. He is a baby. And I love that change. It tells you so much about that group. It tells you so much about Brian as a person. Rest in Bruce, Brian. And and in Ellie's Choice here, we see, you know, similar. And in in, in, in I'm glad we got this moment because it's such a big moment for Ellie of, like, in the way she plays it of of – it's impactful. You know, yes, she says she's she's shot before, but not in this way. You can tell. Or you she's killed before. It's not in this way. And there's something about this, the way she plays it, the way Joel puts it on himself, the responsibility, the baggage of this. Of Like, this was my fault. I messed up. I couldn't hear because it's right, you know, I can't, I didn't, that was my bad. It's uh,
0: Tommy, I mean, not you bullying this dying kid, uh Connor, I, this, you know, like this little baby. baby. Wham, wham, baby, <laughs> go home.
2: That's what I thought too. Like he had no problem hurting anyone else, but as soon as it was on him, it's like, oh my god, I need my mommy.
0: <laughs> I will say that's one thing that the Last of Us video games did really well, especially in the second one. Um like the NPCs, like the enemies, like it they make you feel really bad for killing them because like they do they scream things out like this, like ah help me, help me, Stacy. And then like Stacy's like, Brian, what are you? <laughs>
1: yeah, and I honestly think they took that for the the game. It's like I think in the background, put you hear like, oh no, they got Brian. Like it's just it's, <laughs> straight video game, game. language. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah, so um so I want to talk about this, um, I, I guess, to both of you. Um, Tommy, you mentioned it. Ellie has mentioned that she killed before. I can't remember if that was the case in the game. Tommy, maybe you can clarify. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to find out more what that is either way, so it's probably a spoiler if we didn't know from the game. But I don't know. Did you guys have any reads on that? Like, uh, I don't know,
1: Ellie's a killer? I have two thoughts. I think either is A, the zombie we saw in the last episode is what they're considering, or the infected that they're considering in the last episode. Or I have another thought, but I'm going to leave it because it's a little spoilery. I have another thought of what it could be uh, hinting towards. Yeah, Jim, what's your read here?
0: Uh, has Ellie has killed a person? Uh,
2: my first thought was same as Tommy. It was the infected in the first episode. But it could also be someone else, and then maybe that's how she got bit too. I don't I haven't played part one, so I'm not
0: 100% certain. Uh, That's why we want to get your takes, Uh, fresh perspective here. So, um, okay. Um, Okay, so another thing I want to talk about here, a a thing that's not part of the first game, a big character and seems to be one of the bigger changes in this game, Kathleen. Uh, You know, I I don't have the actress's name off the top of my head, but she's great in Yellow Jacket. So uh, I was down to see her here. Uh, Jim, what did you think of uh, Kathleen in this episode?
2: I'm trying to think. I thought she was good. I remember her more in yellow jackets, though, off the top of my head now that you mention it than I could think about her in the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tommy, is this like a necessary uh, uh, addition?
1: Hmm. It's hard to know because I don't know where they're going in the next episode. I think a lot of this is going to be next episode could boost this episode a ton or make it worse. I think for me, this character, it's intriguing that they're building up these hunters people uh group uh i think what they're trying to do is like show that like everyone's protecting like joel and ellie we're only seeing one version of this but like they also feel justified for what they're doing and their protection uh it seems some kind of sort of uprising some sort of like fight against fedra and then they took over uh so i'm intrigued by it i think it's probably the weakest for me just because it is so unfamiliar. And I, as opposed to like Bill and Frank where we expanded on it, we got a ton of time in that. I feel like we almost need more time to really fully understand what's happening with her. But I think the actress played this perfect. Uh, even just like the uncomfortability with the gun until she does shoot it. And then now she's comfortable. Now she's got the power. And in that moment, you know, like maybe don't kill your doctor. I get it. I get the heat of the moment, but like, uh, there's probably going to be other people that are going to be injured. Not just this Brian, like why are we care so much about Brian? Doctors are like bullets out here. You know, you can't, you, you
0: don't, don't just throw them out. Uh, yeah. This is currency right here. Um, yeah. No, I really liked her portrayal and that like, like it mentioned with the gun, but also like, she's not like a super imposing force, right? She's not like a Negan from the walking dead. Right. She's, she's like a girl who lost her brother and she's upset. Right. She's just, she's, you know, she's just a person and i think that's the the type of personification we don't typically get from like you know the raider type person from a zombie apocalypse
1: yeah she gave me like deadpool vibes where he's like hunting down all the people uh that's what it gave me like you my brother we're missing you all need a pay
0: yeah um uh, So another interesting thing here that Kathleen runs into is there seems to be some like bubbling underground, right? There's something moving. Um, Jen, what's going on here? Is there like, uh, I think, I have a feeling I know based on the game, but I want to get the fresh perspective. Do you have any idea of what's underground here?
2: Um, I'm not sure exactly last of Us term, but it kind of reminds me of some like Resident Evil scenes from those games that I played where you go underground, they have like the monsters still under there. So that's my guess.
0: Yes, Resident Evil crossover. I'd be here for it. uh, <laughs> uh Tommy, you, you have a pretty good idea where this is going.
1: Yeah, it, it's a swimming pool, right? With its yeah. floaters and and uh yeah. and and like all that, right? Or, or like it's a like, soup. It's the brand new water pavement, like water beds, but
2: yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, that's what's happening. I knew we had to
2: bring those back somehow.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) one way or another. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I have a good confirmation. Also, fun fact, uh, fun fact number one, oh two, uh, the voice actor that plays Tommy is Kathleen is is her uh, right hand man here. What a
0: stunning man my God, why is he a voice actor? Just be around. I mean, just good. Just built for TV. Ah, like I am like, I'm not as straight as can be, but I don't know. This man might turn me. I like the beautiful rugged. man. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Um, but yes, so- it was fun. I love that. They're giving the voice actors roles in the show. Um, I know a couple more are coming up that I'm excited for. Ooh. And, and, Uh, Yeah, I I think this was. It's just fun that they're doing that. It shows just an appreciation for the video games too. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, um, so I guess here by the end of the episode, um, you know, they're kind of they kind of find a place to sleep. Joel has the the great idea of laying the glass out, um, and uh, but uh, Ellie ends up waking him up, and uh, it looks like. uh, I I guess we can. they don't directly say it, but this is the the aforementioned Henry uh, that they've been talking about.
1: Yeah, I think we can assume that. I also love the small, again, small details. He falls asleep on his right side, but he wakes up on his left side. So you can imagine that, like, that's why he didn't hear them, you know, step over the glass because he's losing his hearing. Uh, and, and so, again, small details matter. And, uh, man, we'll see what's happening with Henry and Sam. <laughs> Yep.
2: I liked how, too, they had the build-up when they were in the woods, and Ellie's like, Joel, Joel, as he's sleeping on his left side. And so that came back into play, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. What We skipped over, probably the most important. Would you eat 20-year-old Chef Bernardine?
2: I don't oh, think yeah. that shit expires, so.
1: it go on forever? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I it's know.
2: kind of... I, I mean, it's in a can. My gramps used to say, "You need to leave that shit and spam in your house for the Great Depression."
1: Mm-hmm. That's what we should, Michael. Let's get in on the like. Pre... I think this is this is what this show is, Tommy. We need to get in on the preserves uh, game. Just like start stocking up, and then everyone's gonna be coming to us. We'll sell it like hotcakes when the when it all goes down. Make Come sure you down, don't though.
2: forget toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing I was trying to figure out is how they went to a gas station and actually used the pump. How is this gas station working? Like, did they, are is someone coming around filling up the gas stations? Is there still a generator running? Like, I just don't understand how it's working.
0: So I would imagine it's kind of like an older timey gas station. I would imagine there's some sort of like hydraulic mechanism that allows you to actually pump still without electricity, Um, and then they just got lucky to find a full tank, I guess.
2: Someone, please message me how these gas station pumps are working.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, Okay, well, do you guys have any other uh, final comments on this episode or The Last of Us as a whole?
1: I think they're doing a really good job. I I hope they just keep going. I am kind of mapping out in my head where I think each – each episode is going to go to. I, I had a feeling we were going to expand one of these moments into a, into two episodes. Um, this one, I think, makes a lot of sense. I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in the game is a, a big, big moment. I think a lot happens there. So I think this was, was justified. I think we're starting to see Joel and Ellie the way we want to see Joel and Ellie. Like, great bonding moments. I think four for a lot of people is – it's hard because it came after three. Four for a lot of people is like, oh, it's good. But you know, not the best uh, of the Last of Us. But for me, it really builds out Joel and Ellie. We see Joel open up. He talks. He laughs. for like the, this is probably the. Do you think this is the first time he's laughed in twenty years? Yes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he's always frowning. He's a grumpy gill.
0: Even with like Tess, it was like his person. Like it, uh, there
1: wasn't any lighthearted <laughs> nature there.
2: He's the epiphany of the grumpy trope.
1: Yep. You really? Oh, dude. They probably didn't even have Grumpy Cat. Because was Grumpy Cat before? Uh,
2: Oh, man. Maybe. But I'm thinking, I was thinking the Grumpy Sunshine romance trope, which I think might have been out before. All
1: right. We'll go that one. But the Grumpy Cat, they want to know what that existed. I've been thinking about that, like what they never would have seen. I saw a list like Shrek 2. They only saw Shrek 1. They never saw the second Shrek.
2: I think they only saw the premiere of Survivor Pearl Islands.
1: Okay, well, they missed out on a big season there. Yeah, they missed, They really missed out. But the premiere was pretty good, too. They at least know to steal shoes. Yeah. Uh, they, would know, they would know the strategy to steal some shoes out <laughs> <Yeah>. there. Sorry.
0: It's
1: like, gentlemen. Okay. Um, now well, I just um, want to see Rupert running around in the last of us. Where is oh, he?
2: Oh, Austin with all his clothes gone. Yeah. Um, One other thing that's kind of related is uh, Travel Alberta has a little map and site they're starting with every single location. So if you're interested in taking a trip, you can follow the exact 140 plus locations that The Last of Us went to this season.
1: All right. I love that. That's awesome. Should we do that, Michael? After all this, we go on a little road trip. I'll be the Ellie, you be the Joel. Um, sorry, I just gave you that role, but I just figure it fits.
2: Apparently, it's the magazine for you in the back and everything. <laughs> I'm the
1: grumpy.
0: Oh, uh... look at this magazine. Whoa! You, know, you know what uh, tour I actually want to go on? Um, the Breaking Bad tour. I don't know if you guys have seen the TikToks of the the Breaking Bad house and the lady uh people people on take they go visit the breaking bad house and this lady she she lives there and she has a fence around it built around it and she cusses out anybody who comes there people always get it on camera it's very fun well because didn't
1: they throw pizza wasn't that a whole thing where people were throwing pizzas on the house <laughs> maybe I mean, i'm sure she has gone through house,
0: but it is it's also funny she's like f off you're not walter white get get, get out of here i'm calling the cops you know, very, very much get off my lawn. Again, you know, deservedly so. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'll buy the house. I mean, I can't buy the house, but I would. If I had the money. Okay. <laughs> I I'd buy a lot of houses if I had the money, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> can't even buy a regular house, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jed, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a blast. Um, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can find you online and anything else you're up to.
2: Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jen underscore underscore Hurst. And yeah, you can just see me post whatever I'm reading on Instagram right now.
0: Okay, well, actually, let's do this real quick. Um, we, We sometimes close with recommendations. Is there a good book that you're reading right now that you want to recommend to people?
2: Ooh. So in the theme of fungi horror, which, as we can see in The Last of Us, it's also now a trend in literature. So I'd recommend What Moves the Dead by T. T- Kingfisher and Land by River Solomon.
0: All right. Wonderful. I'm not a big reader, so I, I, I'm not going to like promise to read those. But, you know, <laughs> if there are readers, they should. Right.
2: Yeah. Get your hunger, your fungi horror in. Yeah.
0: yeah. Tommy, do you have a book to recommend? Uh, he's looking around the room. Uh. He's got a bookshelf, but I don't see any books on it. There's something more about it.
1: What are you trying to say? (laughs) Uh, You know what I'll recommend? I started the Mistborn series. If you like fantasy type things, I'm I'm starting Mistborn. So uh, Sanderson, great writer, finished wheel of time. And and, uh, I'm excited to to try it.
2: Mistborn's amazing. Solid choice.
0: i let you know my
1: journey, yeah. (laughs) I have mostly
0: comic books up here. I have two actual books that I haven't read so um you can read uh the rise and fall of the dinosaurs i don't know if it's good it's good yeah it's somebody good to, it to me i bought it and I, did
2: not, I didn't even crack the page
0: so the best part um, is the
2: picture okay
0: so you've read this book yeah you know, okay look at you i love this uh all right um i will start to close this out here um i like to remind you guys to rate and review us on itunes and spotify Preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be every single week with either Last of Us or Bad Batch coverage. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod, And we also have a Discord community going on, so if you want to join that, we would love to have you. Just message us and we'll get you a link. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next
1: time. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Jen, what animal builds buildings? A beaver. Tommy, do you know? Uh, A human. A
1: boa constructor. Oh, that's pretty (laughs) good.